calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. This episode is going to be a little different as JJ and Kat are not here. They're off enjoying their summer this week, and they will be back next week, so don't you worry. But we do have a special guest host. Many of you probably remember Andy from his episode dealing with a relative who came back to see him during an episode of Sleep Paralysis. And we went into depth talking about the Shadow Man and other things regarding sleep paralysis and night terrors and things of that nature. So Andy agreed to jump on and help me guest host this episode. And we have an awesome guest who has joined us all the way from Australia. Jenna, how are you doing today? Hey, good day, Noah. Good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> doing good, doing good. Andy, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. And you know, with, with JJ gone, there's no skeptic. So <laughs> it's just... It's all believers here. It's all well, believers. Look, just because I can believe doesn't mean I am believer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenna, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Jenna. I am I was currently living in Sydney, Australia. I grew up in the States. Uh, we've been here for almost three years. So, sorry, you're probably not going to hear the Aussie accent that you were expecting when Noah said, all the way from Australia. But, yeah. So, I am here and... Um, yeah, just chilling out and waiting this whole thing out. Awesome. Well, Jenna reached out to us uh, via our email. Um, she was a fan of the show and she said that she had had some supernatural experiences herself. One of those that she shared with me really kind of scared me. So I am very interested to hear her kind of go through and tell these stories. So Jenna, you want to kick it off and tell us some of your stories? Sure. Gosh. Yeah. As I, I, I sent you the first email and, you know, I wrote down sort of, you know, the ones that stick out in my mind the most. And then that day I was kind of like, Oh, you know, this happened and this happened. Um, and so I guess there, there's actually quite a bit of occurrences that have happened to me, but you know, nothing has happened recently. So it's kind of like one of those things where I, I feel disconnected from that portion of my life, but sure. then, but then I, looking back, I was like, Oh yeah, I guess there are quite a few stories, which I have a question, which one scared you the most? The one in the car for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think I would have probably right. wrecked my car had that happened to me. 
yeah. Fortunately, there wasn't a lot of traffic on the road. So yeah, that happened. Um, gosh, it's been, I think it's been about six years ago now. I was doing, I'm, I'm an opera singer and I was doing this festival in the middle of rural Virginia called the, the Castleton Festival. And it was run by um, a conductor. His name was Lauren Mazel. Um, and it's still up and running. His wife is doing a fantastic job doing that. But it's, it literally is out in the middle of nowhere. And to get to Castleton, the closest town with like a Target and a Chick-fil-A and all that stuff is about 20, 30 minutes away. So I can't remember if I had been out shopping or if I was coming back from a concert or something, but I was driving back. There's no cell phone reception and I did have radio. So I was listening to the radio in my car and I was pretty familiar with the roads. Um, and like I said, there wasn't uh, there was hardly any traffic. You know, a car might come the other direction every couple minutes if you're lucky. So I was driving along, listening to the radio, everything's good. And then all of a sudden, the hair stood up on the back of my neck and on my arms. And I was like, oh God. And I sort of glanced in the rear view mirror. And what I like, I didn't see features or anything, but I saw an outline and it was blue. And I just got the sense that it was a, it was a female presence. And I thought, what am I going to do? I can't, I felt like if I stopped, you know, I would kind of be stuck. And so I just thought, I'm just, I've just got to keep going and not look in the rear view mirror. I just got to keep going. No cell phone wow. reception. Couldn't call anyone. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'll just do a little side note. So what I did is something that I have practiced throughout basically my entire life, starting, you know, from teenager years on. So I go into a lot of new places. I go into hotels, you know, like I said, travel a lot. Whenever I go into a new place, I always say, hi, my name's Jenna. I'm going to be staying here for a little bit. So I hope you can share your space with me. I'd really appreciate it if you did. If you have something to say to me, that's absolutely cool. If you want to have a chat, just don't do it while I'm sleeping or while I'm in the bathroom. Well, you're a very courteous human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I think we try to be aware of energy around us and like we're yeah. not the only beings or energy occupying a space at any given time right sure yeah so um so yeah so i was like okay well i'm just gonna do that and i was like hey i'm jenna um i guess you needed a ride somewhere listen if you wish me harm you are not permitted to be in my car that's another thing i do is like you know if you wish me ill if you you know intend to hurt me you know please um you know you're not welcome. So I said, um, I said this to her and she stayed and I thought, okay. Um, all right. She's, she's hanging out. And I said, well, I'm driving to Castleton via this route. Um, so that's the way I'm going. If you're going that way, that's cool. Uh, how do you like this song? And you know, it's just kind of like wow. trying to make small talk because it's like a bad Tinder date with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't getting anything back, but she was still there, just sitting there. You got ghosted. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> I got ghosted. <laughs> and so, yeah, so 
I just kept talking to her and telling her what I do and why I was there. And, and I was about, it was, I don't know, two to five minutes from the home. And again, going more rural, more rural. And I, when I, you know, I was like, okay, so I'm home. And I turned off the car and I finally got the courage to look in the back seat. So I looked in the back seat and of course she wasn't there. So that my hitchhiker goes. <laughs> and then when I got into the house, I was staying with a host family and I was sort of in this room that was off to one side of the house. And then they had the other house, you know, opposite side of the kitchen. They were out that evening and I went, um, you know, I walked in. Okay. Oh my gosh. You know, I looked, you know, the lights were on in the living room, just like a small light. No, it was their bedroom. It was their bedroom. That's right. Light was on in their bedroom. And so I was like, oh, okay, hello, hello. Nobody said anything. They weren't there. Went back into my room, did some stuff, went back into the kitchen. Their light was off. I'm like, okay, maybe it burnt out. Light bulbs do that. No big deal. Um, <laughs> thinking about it. You know, did some more stuff, came back out into the kitchen. The light was on. And I'm oh, like, wow. fuck this shit. <laughs> so I oh, went God. back into my room. I put this big armchair in front of my door. And I call my husband over the internet and I'm like, he, you know, cause he's in New York. I'm there in Podunk, Virginia. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. what do I do? What do I, he's like, what's the closest police station? Because he thinks that way. Like he's like, called right, the one and a half. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just kind of waited it out until the family got back. And so, you know, they got back and I was like, um, so do you have like a, a touch lamp in your room? Like, did your cat set it off or something? And they're like, no, no, no. Why? Why? And I said, well, you know, your light was just kind of going on and off. And have you had any electrical issues? And they were like, you know, nothing really happened until you came. <laughs> And they're like, but some, some crazy stuff has happened since you've been here. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that reminds me of, of the haunted mansion. It's literally where the host of that ride says, a ghost will follow you home. And you were followed <laughs> home by a ghost in your car, into your home. Seriously. So Jenna, when you were in the car and you said that you could feel the energy of the ghost. That's something we hear on the podcast a good bit is that verbiage energy, you know, and, and I think some of us have felt that before and some of us haven't. So can you kind of, in your best way, can you describe what that energy feeling is like? Yeah, it's like nothing else I've experienced before. There's moments where you have adrenaline, but that's the different sensation. I think what it is, it's, it, it, it is visceral. But it's also, um, it's like there's static on your skin and it's like a buzzing that's just hovering over your, over your being. That's yeah. Which you guys, I always think of it as like uh, the spidey sense of Spider-Man. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it is that kind of like hair standing up. I never heard somebody describe it as that static feeling, but that's exactly right. It is, it's... Um, it's almost like your body is is alert to something, but your brain doesn't exactly know what it. You know what I mean? It, it's it's trying to call your attention yeah. to something, but it makes sense. I mean, it go, if ghosts are a form of energy, it would be fair to say that that feeling is just another form of energy, just like static electricity is. Uh, but I don't think everyone can experience that feeling. I only think certain people who are open to it can, and you are one of the lucky ones. 
Jenna. <laughs> Maybe we'll see by the end of this episode. Um, now, so you get this ghost in your car and you, you know, I had never heard this, of this blue light until three or four episodes ago. It was the episode um, with the guest who had seen the doppelganger. Uh, oh God, that was terrifying. Yes, that's to me, that's probably yeah, the scariest insane. story I've heard. Yes, I'm heard. But when you say blue, I mean, is it, did it, so it was the outline, I guess, of a woman with mm -hmm. kind of just like a blue vibration around it or how would you describe that? Yeah, it's like, um, you know, those projector lights that kids have in their rooms, mm. um, you know, and they project colors. That's, that's kind of how it was, but it was in a very, it was in a silhouette shape. I mean, it was pretty, pretty clear which shape it was in. And that blue theme seems to, to be a universal theme whenever I'm experiencing something. It's never, it doesn't seem to be a bad thing really, but the blue is a constant theme thinking about it now, actually. Um, yeah, for some reason with me, it's it's blue. It's always blue. It's, you know, when you hear all these ghost stories, especially with all the people on this podcast, they're all different. Some people see apparitions like in the sixth sense. Other people see transparent apparitions. Other people see orbs flying through the air. Some people don't see anything. They just hear things. But yours right. came in the form of a blue energy. Why is that, I wonder? Like scientifically, that's what I'm always interested in. Oh yeah, that's 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 yeah. really interesting. I don't know. Um, when I, you know, when I told the couple about what had happened, I said, "You're gonna think I'm crazy, but this happened." And I explained, and they were like, "What road were you on?" And I told them, and they were like, um, "Actually, there was a farmer's daughter that was hit by a car on that road and oh. killed her." Oh, that's man. it. It's, it's always the farmer's daughter. The farmer's daughter. <laughs> And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those damn kids. I have wow. a logistical question because I'm always interested in the, the geography of ghost stories. So you were sitting in the car for what seems like a long time with the spirit in the back seat, and you at no point looked in the rearview mirror to examine it and all of the details, or were you too scared? You saw it initially. I was too scared. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was definitely too scared because if I feel like if I had looked back, I would have wrecked the car. Yeah. I always ask our guests, you know, how do you move forward from these incidences? But I kind of had a revelation not too long ago when I was asking the redundant question I like to ask. You just kind of have to move forward with these things. I mean, my, my most ghostly experience was when I was a kid and I swiped my hand through something and, and you would have oh. thought like, Oh man, that would, you know, break you as a child. But really we all just went in a room and we kind of sat quietly. And then within an hour or two, we just went on about our child lives. Like nothing had ever <laughs> happened. You know? Yeah. I yeah. listened to that. That was kind of slightly terrifying playing in hide to go seek and yeah. everyone's supposed to stay in the same place. Yeah. In a haunted no. Annabella mansion, uh, no less, you know? Whoa. So I mean, it's yeah. like they had an elevator in their house that would just randomly turn on in the middle of the night and click, 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 click. And then you'd hear the doors open and shut and then click, click, click back down. Like it was wow. super creepy. 
No, no, I have a question for you. Can I? Mm-hmm. So uh, you said, if I'm wrong, sorry, but did you say that everybody screamed at the same time the moment your hand went yeah. through? Yeah, it was, or at least that's how it sounded to me. So I guess who, whoever could see me from where they were hiding, but it felt like a universal, ah, you know, and then I ran and hit the lights and we all ran out of the room. That's yeah. terrifying. It is. And it's, it's so strange, like the, just the way memories work, because in my mind's eye, I have a clear picture of what happened, but I've told that story so many times. At this point, I don't know what is actually the memory and what is the story, you know? Mm, but I, yeah. I know for a fact that I could call my friend that I experienced that with, uh, his name is Bill. I could call him today and say, hey, do you remember that time we were playing hide and go seek and what happened? And he would tell you the same story because we talk about it at least once every other year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, that is the definitive proof of the spirit world. It's proof that we can't prove to other people that there's just too many stories where more than one person sees the same thing that can't be explained by any logic or science, unless it is a version of science that we don't know about because we don't have the tools to detect it. But everyone says there's no evidence of ghosts. I disagree. I think there's plenty of ghost stories out there that to me are evidence. Uh, well, yeah, because Andrew, didn't you, you, you shared a, a vision with your mother, didn't you? Yeah, we both saw an apparition. We saw a man, 17th century overcoat, just vanish in front of our eyes, defying all logic and everything I've been taught about reality rocked my world. And ever since then, I am a believer. If that can be real, if a man could vanish in front of me, then so many other things can be real. I believe it all. We, there's so little that we know. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of unknown. That's for sure. So Jenna, how old were you when you had your first um, supernatural encounter? Uh, let's see. Probably I was eight or nine, I think. So it started yeah. pretty young then. Started pretty young. And, um, you know, I was, I was talking to my dad recently, my dad, I was so fascinated with aliens and UFOs and ghost stories and, um, and all that stuff from a really young age. And, uh, I always remember my dad would be like, Oh, but you, you know, you know this and you know that, don't you? And I talked to him recently about it. And I said, did you say that because of your own experiences or, and he said, well, my policy was always just to believe you. He said, you know, your two older brothers, they would talk to me about soccer. They'd talk to me about this and that, but they, he was like, you had in-depth conversations with me about ghosts and UFOs and you were asking all the hard questions that I didn't have any answers to. And, um, and so he's like, you had a genuine interest in it and almost knowledge and he's like I just I just kind of went along with it to try to encourage you to go down that path if if that's what you needed to do so I think I think one of the first experiences that I had was um whenever my my dad would go out of town for business he I would sleep with my mom and we were a family <laughs> we were a waterbed family everybody had a waterbed what um yeah that's why you got haunted <laughs> that's right sleeping <laughs> out of water yeah the, oh, yeah you can feel everything on those um but so you know I was sleeping in their bed and um And I kind of woke up and I wouldn't call it sleep paralysis because I could talk and I feel like I could move a little bit, but I saw like it started from the, 
bottom corner of the bed and it started coming towards me at the side of the bed. And it, again, it was just, you know, this blue sort of outline of a figure. I couldn't see any details or anything. And I said, mom, mom, mom. And f from next to me, she said, what, honey? So she was in bed. Oh, shit. And so, and then, of course, like, I scurried over. I rolled over on the water to her side of the bed. And I was like, um, there was a, there was, I just thought, I thought you were coming towards me. The, um, she's like, it's all right, honey. There's no one there. Go back to sleep, you know. So that was, I think that was my first experience. On um, the water. Wow. On the water. <laughs> yes. And then um, I would go up to, to stay with my grandparents for a couple weeks at a time. And I asked, I asked my mom, I was like, I was up there for like a month, right? She goes, no, it just felt like a month. But, but yeah, so I'd go up there for a couple weeks. And one summer I befriended the, the neighborhood kids or the, the neighbors next door. And there was, a, there was a little boy that was slightly older than me and then a girl that was slightly younger than me. So we just, you know, we kind of incorporated everyone. And again, I was probably about eight to nine. And we got an idea to make our own Ouija board. Just which from scratch? Just from scratch, which was a really stupid idea. That seems um, so, it was like so more haunted than buying like yes, the, you know, the Mattel the version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Don't try this yes. at home. <laughs> With the Organic. blood of a scorpion, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like very witched. Wow. Yeah. So we, um, we got, you know, those mirror panels that they sometimes put up in bars, just mm -hmm. like the mirror squares. So we got those and we, we put four of them down and then we drew on paper, the alphabet, and we put that in a circle. Mm -hmm. And then we took a, a glass, a kitchen glass and turned it upside down. And that was our, I don't know, you, that thing that you, you know, yeah. hold. And then we went into this empty closet and it, it's in the South. So of course there was plenty of room in this closet. And I think it was, it was at least two of us, if not three. And we lit candles. Like, how stupid is it to have lit candles when you're eight, nine years old in a, in closet. a closet? Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, okay, let, like we were asking stupid questions that eight, nine-year-olds ask, like, does somebody like me? Blah, 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 blah. And then we're like, if someone's here, give us a sign. And of course, like all this time, the thing was moving, the little thingy that we were holding. And I was like, you're moving it. No, you're moving it. We we're all saying that. And who knows? I don't know. But give us a sign that someone's here. The candle blew out, wax no. on the wall, like splattered. Wow. And that was our only light source. So we're like, ah, we exit the closet very quickly. Again, no, I think it was kind of one of those things where you're just like, what just happened? Yeah. What happened? Are we going to talk about it? No, we're not going to talk about it. Let's go do something else. Let's go play. <laughs> Did you guys close the, you know, you always hear people say with the Ouija boards, you have to like uninvite the ghost or whatever. Did you guys do that? No, the ghost was Whoops. not uninvited. Exactly. That's why you're still haunted. And that's why it, it followed you <laughs> home till this day. Seriously. So like all the way across the world, no doubt. Um, this is the creepy thing. Like my, my grandparents um, grew up in the Church of the Nazarene. Can you tell oh. us what that is? Nazarene is kind of like, I want to say like, it's kind of like Baptist, like they didn't allow dancing, they didn't mm -hmm. allow movies that were not Disney or like G rated, no smoking, no drinking, very puritanical, you know, very, um, it was, it seemed very strict. And we were actually raised in the church of the Nazarene up until I think I was in first or second grade. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the church that 
my parents attended started trying to kind of guilt my mom into doing this and doing that. And she had they're like, oh, well, you know, if you're a good Christian, then you would do this and you would do that for us and you'd host this blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you know what? I've got three kids. I just went back to work and I love Jesus, but this isn't working for me. <laughs> so we kind of left that church and I'm, I'm kind of grateful for that. But anyway, so, you know, my, my grandparents were very Christian people. They were very, you know, just very innocent people. They grew up in rural Oklahoma. They lived in California. Just, you know, very simple, beautiful people. And my grandma... <laughs> I told them what had happened that day with the, with the best making the Ouija board. And she was like, <laughs> well, Jenny, when I was young, I, you know, we used to play light as a feather, stiff as a board. And I tell you what, like, you know, we just, we raised up and it was no, you know, like we didn't weigh anything. And I remember once we all put our hands on the table and the table just lifted up and started shaking. She's like, isn't that funny? And then we sacrificed a goat and the devil came. It was crazy. <laughs> like coming from my grandma, I was like, are you serious? Wow. And, like it was no big deal. Like it was just, you know, something, it was a game. It was a parlor trick that mm-hmm. they did. So that night that, you know, I, I played with the Ouija board and my friends, they, you know, they had these really thick velvet curtains that went across the, the sliding glass door that looked out into the backyard. And they had a little garden patch out there. They, they uh, grew okra and tomatoes. And so they're like, hey, can you close the blinds for us tonight? I said, absolutely. So I went and I started pulling the things and I looked out the window and about 25 feet out was this white square glowing face. Now this was not blue, actually, come to think about it. It was like a yellow orange. Wow. And like, I didn't really see any facial features, but it was square. And so I was like, oh, that's not cool. And they had this beautiful velvet print of Jesus walking on the water. As one does. And I took, (laughs) as one does back in the day. And I took that picture and I put it right next to my bed and I slept with the lights on that night. (laughs) And how, how old were you when that happened? Was that around the same time as the Ouija board or? That was the same day. That oh, was same, the same day. day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You guys yeah. straight up just let the spirit world out. <laughs> Who let the spirits out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a story on this podcast similar to that about a floating face. Uh, I was one of your friends, Noah, you saw a floating face outside a window. And that's weird. That's a similar story right there. That's a, yeah. It's a pattern. Andy, have you ever messed around with a Ouija board? Yeah. I bought the one, uh, the Mattel version at Toys R Us. Uh, we didn't experience shit that's because we, I, mean, I mean, I guess that's a lesson to all the listeners. If you want to experience a paranormal activity, you need to fasten your Ouija board out of wood and mirrors from the land and not from something that was made in a factory in China. You got to get Mattel. crafty. Yeah. I bet you that speaking of that, I bet you there's some super spooky Ouija boards on Etsy, you know, that there are <laughs> yeah. uh, people getting witchy with it, with some Ouija boards. I have never <laughs> done, with it. yeah, I've never done Ouija boards. I don't know. It seems too, I'm skeptical in a sense. And then I believe in a sense about different things. I used to, I was more skeptical before we started this podcast, but we just hear so many stories. It's hard to be a hardline skeptic about the supernatural, but Ouija boards, I just feel like with my luck, I would do it. Something terrible would happen. And I just, I don't know if I could handle that. I would highly, highly discourage that. I will never put my finger on a Ouija board again, ever. I think there's a, there's a legitimacy to a Ouija board. I think, yes, Mattel, uh, you know, made a toy out of it, 
but I think it's just a means for the spirits to communicate with us for some reason in the same way that tarot tarot cards may be a way for spirits to communicate. I think they're like struggling to talk to us and some people maybe have the gift like you, Jenna, and, and to you, to them, you are like a lightning rod to spirits and they, they go straight to you to, to reveal themselves. And I think a Ouija board is, is that it's a way to talk to us. Um, maybe not the Mattel version. Yeah, you have to go out and carefully choose your mirror and carefully choose your paper and, and your, your candles um, and your candles for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to do more Ouija board episodes. If you're listening and you have a Ouija board story, much like Jenna or any of the others you've heard on our podcast, please watch out or not watch out. I mean, you may need to watch out. I don't know. But please email <laughs> us or Instagram us, realhauntingspodcast at gmail.com or realhauntingspodcast on Instagram. And let us know what happened with you and the Ouija board. And, you know, you may be able to come on and tell your story because I will say our audience loves Ouija board stories. And, and I think it's just something that's been in pop culture and in movies and something we can all relate to on some level so and maybe that's why there's such a fascination but i love those yeah. stories absolutely me too oh sorry did they were they first did they first come out like at the turn of last century like around 1900s when that sort of mysticism was starting to come into fashion i'm not sure i know one of our episodes jj had done some research and then of course bought <laughs> yeah. the idea that mattel made that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah jj um, pulled up his browser and he started researching it uh, what I do remember from that episode is that it existed before Mattel uh, capitalized on it and made it a toy for the mass market. It was already a thing. Uh, but who invented that thing? That's, that's the question. We'll Wikipedia that later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Jenna, you emailed us and there was one story in particular that you shared when you first emailed that was really interesting. And I think this is a story our audience will, will, will enjoy and, and it kind of has all the layers that we look for in a supernatural story. So would you mind sharing that for our audience? All right. My mom had one brother and of course two parents. And um, my, my, so my uncle and my grandparents, my uncle lived in another state and so did my grandparents. So right before it was actually, um, it was the night of New Year's Eve that we get a call from my uncle's friends and they say, look, Daryl is missing. We haven't heard from him. And the, well, they said we haven't heard from him, which is extremely uncharacteristic of him, especially around Christmas time. You know, he loved gatherings and partying and, and all that stuff. And these were very close friends of his. So it was very concerning for my mom to receive this phone call. And so, you know, she's like, I haven't heard from my brother. This is really weird. Let's give it another couple days and see what happens. Then um, it was either the, the next night or the following night, um, but it, I believe it was January 1st. So bang straight off right to the beginning of the year. Uh, again, we were a family of waterbeds. So uh, I had a queen size waterbed in my room with the like totally 80s, 90s, like curved wood headboard, mm -hmm. you know, extra glaze. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we had, uh, we ha we, we've always had cats. And um, I kind of woke up a little bit in the middle of the night and uh, I think I looked at my clock and it was like, it was like 2.30. And I, I felt this movement. So I was sleeping on the, the right side of the bed and at the bottom left-hand corner, I felt this movement. Like, you know, I was like, oh, okay, my cat came in and got up on the bed and is like settling down on the bed. And then I remembered that my door was closed 
So Jeez. the cat couldn't mm. get in. And, you know, waterbeds, I don't know if you guys have been on a waterbed, but it's, it's a ripple effect, you know, like when there's an indentation or someone sits down or et cetera, of course it ripples and comes yeah. to you. And so I thought, um, okay, that's really weird. I'm just going to try to go back to sleep and pretend like that didn't happen. Seven o'clock in the morning, my mom comes in, is waking me up for school. And she says, no, actually it wasn't school. We we're still on holidays. So she came in early and she said, um, honey, I have some news. She said, your grandmother's passed away. And I said, what time? Wow. And she said it was between two and three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Holy crap. So I said, mom, I said, grandma came to visit me. And she goes, what do you mean? I was like, she came to visit. She came and sat on the bed. And I like, and then I felt bad because I was like, I didn't acknowledge her. I didn't go and say goodbye. Like, but yeah. I was, all I knew was that there was a presence there and it wasn't my cat. <laughs> what else could yeah. it be? So well, hey, she went, she went to go visit you first and maybe she visited other people, but yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom did not believe in stuff like this. She was like, you know, she, she didn't believe my dad indulged me in, in my adventures or my beliefs or what I felt was important to me. But my mom was like, ah, oh, that's silly. You know, she, she didn't believe that was the start of it. Right. So we go up to where my grandparents are and, you know, my mom's making the funeral arrangements all by herself. My grandfather has dementia. Her brother's missing. Like, you know, she's completely overwhelmed. And I just, yeah, it was a really, it was a really awful time. We got back home from the funeral and the services. And my parents had decided that my dad was going to go out to California to try to find my uncle. So they hired a private investigator and, you know, they were trying to ask his friends when was the last time you saw him, just trace him down basically. So when I, I had a dream, like I had never been to his apartment. He lived in San Francisco. And the last time, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know if I had ever been to San Francisco at that point. Like, so, you know, I had no idea where he lived, what it looked like, et cetera. So I had a dream that if you went up to the roof of his apartment building and you went to this specific corner, he, he would be there. And so I talked to my dad the next day. I said, dad, I had a dream. If you go up to the roof and you go to this corner, that's where Daryl's going to be. And so he did, he went up to the roof and he went to that corner. He said, honey, he's not there. But if he had gone to that corner and looked down, my uncle's body was right where that corner is on the ground, covered in ivy between two buildings. Mm. Yikes. I feel like, you know, Daryl was like, hey, dude, like he did the best. And I don't know if he had fallen off the roof. Like, they don't know if he was murdered. They don't know if it was an accident. They, they still don't know to this day what actually happened to him. But I have to feel like he died in a bit of unrest because, like, he also came back. He came to visit a bit later. We had brought a lot of his belongings back to our house. And one of those belongings was this massive stereo system, you know, like with the speakers that are like four foot high mm -hmm. and the different components, tape player, record player, all this, all that. And my mom had gotten him a CD for Christmas. It was a meditation CD. 
and um, it was one of those uh, like five, you could put five or four CDs in one thing and it would just revolve one of those things. Yeah. So like this was a couple months later. So I come home from school and the radio is just blaring like, and I was like, what is going on? I take my dog and I take a kitchen knife because I'm like, is anybody home? Is anybody home? Nobody's home. So I take a kitchen knife because that's what you do. And I go upstairs and I go into the room and the stereo, I mean, it's just blasting. And so I turn it off and I look at the CD and it's the meditation CD that my mom had gotten him for Christmas. I'm like, that's really weird. The stereo was off this morning. I called my parents. I was like, has anybody been home today and happened to turn the stereo on like full blast and then leave? No, no, nothing like that has happened. Okay, uh, that's really weird. So put everything, I turn everything off. And it's one of those things where it has like different components. You got to turn everything on and off. So I turn everything off. I go back downstairs. It turns on again. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> so I left and I went to a friend's house. So I was like, I'm not going to be in the house by myself with this. Wow. So, so, well, I have, I have so many thoughts. You did the job of the private detective. Like you did that person's job. And what did everyone in your family think when you found him? That's you it. essentially found him. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like. Did they like, believe you? Know, you? Were they, were they my dad, doubt? my dad believed me. I think at this point, my mom was still like, well, that's a, that's a big coincidence, you know? Right. But yeah, my, my dad did believe me. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to dreams. I can't remember what episode it was. We've done so many now, but I'd shared a story where my mom on Christmas Eve had had a dream that a cousin she was really close to was in a car wreck and his wife had passed away. And then she woke up crying from the dream and then got a phone call about the accident that um, she passed uh -huh. away. And then I've had uh, not a ton of dreams where things have been inferred or just straight up happened that I dreamed about, but I have had a couple. And then I asked my dad about it one day, just on a whim, because uh, he is getting older. So it's like, you know, if I'm not gonna ask him these questions, when am I gonna do it? Uh, but he is very conservative and kind of straight laced. He got super quiet and admitted that he's had these intuitions and dreams his whole life too. So, you know, there's something to that i don't know if you've heard the episodes with intuitive yeah. april but she always thinks that i have some kind of like medium powers or something i don't know i don't go that far i don't uh, I, I don't know. i don't have time for that but yeah it makes sense to me that when you're in rem sleep that you can access part of your brain that you normally couldn't i mean that makes sense to me but yeah. your story jenna is is crazy it's a great story. How did you feel when that happened? Did you feel validated or, or I guess just maybe obviously saddened of what had happened, but you know, what was, what was kind of your emotional cycle when, when you found out what had happened? I think I was not surprised, but yeah, I was almost insistent on it. And I remember when he came back from the roof and he had just been up on the roof and didn't look down and he told me that he wasn't there. I was like, but he is, but he is. And I felt very insistent about it. And then like the third component to that story, that whole year, my grandpa, like I said, he had, um, he was suffering from dementia and we brought him down to where we were living and he was staying sort of in a, like a hospice house. So, you know, that stuff with my uncle and my grandma happened in January. 
And then now, so fast forward to April. I had this area in my room, like I think a lot of people do, where it was my creative space. You know, I had my stereo there, my paints, my art, you know, whatever I wanted to do. So I was sitting there and, and I was, you know, doing whatever it was that I was doing. And it was like, Grandpa's going to die May 6th. It wasn't a voice. It wasn't like, boom, boom, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, Grandpa's going to die May 6th. Just this knowledge that was planted into my brain. It was, and I thought, that's really morbid, Jenna. Like, why are you thinking that? That's awful. Don't think that. No, Grandpa's going to die May 6th. And it was about two weeks till May 6th. So my mom and I were eating at Chili's. I think it was Chili's. <laughs> Gosh, I miss that place. Um, Me too. And I, yeah. <laughs> And I said, Mom, what, what day is May 6th? And, uh, you know, she said, it's this day. She said, why? I said, I think Grandpa's going to die May 6th. And, of course, in her mind, she's like, I've just lost my mother. I've just lost my brother. And now you're, gonna, you're telling me that my father's going to die. And she goes, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why would you say something like that? And I said, Mom, I'm so sorry. I don't know. But I just, I just, I just know. And so, God, I remember, like, I remember the day of May 6th. It came and I was just, I was filled with dread. I kept waiting for the phone call. I remember I was hanging out with a friend that day and she kept pushing me to do things. And I didn't want to do them just because I was so, uh, you know, overwhelmed with this thought that my grandfather was going to pass away that day. And so night came and we hadn't received a call. The next morning, we received a call that my grandfather went into the hospital that night, the night of May 6th. And he ended up passing away on May 7th. With that knowledge, like I have a pit in my stomach still thinking about it. It was like this fact that I couldn't do anything to change it. The only, and like, you know, looking back on it, the things that we did, we went to visit him. We made sure that we got to see him, um, yeah. tried to spend as much time as possible. And those were the only things that we could change. Sure. Wow. Did your mom at that point, was she still in doubt thinking it was a coincidence or did she start to open her mind and have faith in your gift? which is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it definitely felt like a curse at that point, but, um, yeah. but yeah, she definitely, she was like, you're okay. All right. Wow. It's okay. Interesting. And that had to be a it real, a like kind of mind fuck for her being so religious to have a child that, you know, is, has some kind of ability to see what's happening outside from her. Yeah. Brain. And there were three deaths and you experienced an encounter with, all three people who died close together. It's just something that's wild. Mm -hmm. It's one of the more interesting stories I've heard on this podcast. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's frightening uh, and fascinating. So do you have those kind of future telling instances very often or did it kind of end with your grandfather passing? I think I've had some since then, like... Before 9-11, I just had this terrible feeling that something was really wrong and I thought it was my family and friends and I called everybody to make sure that they were okay and everyone was okay and I was like, okay, I'm just crazy, you know, I'm being paranoid. But I, I felt like something was really off and I didn't know quite what it was. You know, lately, w since COVID, I've been having a lot of really terrible, terrible night nightmares and I wouldn't call them night terrors because I think from my understanding, night terrors, you don't remember them, you just wake up screaming, is that right? Right? Yeah, that, that adds up to me because I, I can never recount what I experienced. I just know it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I've been having, you know, some some things and it's it's really 
it's just awful. And but I, from what I'm hearing, a lot of people are having really terrible dreams as well. Um, so I think it's something in our psyche how we're reacting and trying to process what's going on in the world right now so i'm, I'm hoping that that's just that and none of them will come to fruition yeah i think for creatives and people that are you know empaths which i think a lot of people that are kind of touched with the supernatural probably are to some degree right now is not the most fun time to uh experience everything no. yeah it's just you know you watch TV, it's bad. If you go on Reddit, it's bad. If you, whatever, you know, it's just, there's not a lot of good news to be found. Yeah. Unless so. it's the office, like all the office <laughs> reruns on TV. That's the most comforting cozy show ever. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I've got a friend who's an actress and I don't know if you guys have seen, um, it's a new show that's out. It's called P Valley. It's on stars. It's a Tyler Perry show. Uh, it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomato and she, it's her, I would argue her big brother. She's one of the stars of the show, and it's so Great. weird because she's somebody I used to do improv with years ago, a couple years ago nice. before she moved back to LA. And she had been nice. into like some little movies and little bit parts, but now she's gonna be a legit star probably. And it's it must be a surreal experience to you know have this life changing moment, but have it during a pandemic. Like she just has to celebrate at home with her boyfriend. <laughs> You know, she's not, you know, oh, she gosh. should really be just like eating it up. And uh, there she is at home. But I'm sure she is just happy to have the opportunity. And I'm going to try yeah. her on the podcast. Um, she told me that she has some psychic medium abilities that she's had her whole life. But obviously, right now, everybody's trying to get her on everything. So I'm going to let the fire die now. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say that back to what you were saying about COVID and night terrors. I, I think like the universal consciousness of the world right now is hurting. And I'm also hearing a lot of stories of my friends having nightmares. I'm having night terrors and more sleep paralysis ever since this happened. I believe in that thing called the universal consciousness that we're all, we're all connected. Our brains are all linked somehow. And right, right. now mo most people are hurting or anxiety, depression or death, dark times out there. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to end I don't want to end on that note. I want to end on a positive note. And I just want to say, Jenna, that what you have, I do think it's a gift because in that moment, you knew that your time was limited with a family member and you knew and you could spend time with that person and you helped find your other relative. I just think it's a gift. Uh, it's a scary gift to have. I can't imagine <laughs> what it's like. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I love is both you, Andy, and you, Jenna, both ex experienced a relative coming back for one more visit after they passed. That's uh, right. You know, yeah, Andy, yeah, yeah. Andy, I think yours yeah. was during sleep paralysis. Jenna, it sounds like maybe you weren't quite in a sleep paralysis stage, but you know, both kind of similar things. It was. I thought right. that was really fascinating. And she paid me another visit recently. Um, I asked her. During my, me I meditate every day now, and sometimes I, it's hard for me. I can't really get in it, but other times I get in it. I, I go there, and in that moment, I asked her to, because I felt that she was in the room with me. I said, "Show me a sign that you're here." Uh, about an hour later, I wasn't even in the room, but my wife Lisa was in the room, and she said that she witnessed my headphones lift up from the table and be thrown across the room. There's no way that headphones in the center of the table could have been picked up unless it was someone throwing it. 
So there was a delayed reaction in her message. I wasn't there. So she did it an hour later and I wasn't in the room. And the way I interpreted that was for a ghost to pick up a solid physical object in our world is probably really difficult and requires a lot of energy. And it took her an hour to do that. And I wasn't in the room when it happened. But Lisa saw it. Exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) It's it's, it's crazy. Uh, She's like, oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a workout. Pick up those headphones. Andy, does Lisa believe in the supernatural? Yeah, she does. And we actually, because of this podcast, we had a session with uh, one of the mediums. Yeah. Uh, And yeah. Yeah, she believes. It was Teresa, Teresa. right? Teresa the medium, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's a believer. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's that's super cool. Well, Jenna, thank you for so much for coming on and sharing these stories. Um, it was a real delight to have you on the podcast. The stories were awesome. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on sometime again, even if it's maybe to awesome. do a guest host episode or something. But Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to talk with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And it was I'm a glad- pleasure. Glad you're safe in Australia. I hate to say it, but I think you are probably better off than Andy and I will be for quite some time. Uh, Sending you guys sanity and safety and all that stuff. Seriously, all of the good juju. There we go. If you have Lysol spray, if you can send some of that to I can't seem to find that. (laughs) Yeah, I I just ran out. If you have any, that'd be great. Oh, no. I'll send some Dettol. That's that's what we call it here. Oh, really? Dettol. Dettol. D-E-T-T-O-L. Dettol. Well, I haven't heard of that, but I will trust you. Uh, you can also send a little baby roo if you have one of those. Um, I don't. I would always want a pet kangaroo, although I know they're not safe. A, a wallaby, like Rocco's Modern Life wallaby. Is that what oh, yeah. Rocco was? Rocco was a wallaby. I don't think I knew that. I guess From I should have. Australia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. what an odd note to end the podcast on, but end with that. <laughs> um, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on and um, hopefully we'll be in touch soon. Thanks, Noah. Thanks, Andy. Take care. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thanks. Bye, you too. Okay. Bye. Can I tell the antidote uh, over the podcast? Or yeah, what, yeah that absolutely. Was, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we were, I was hoping we would just jump right back in. And then I looked up and both you and Jenna were gone. And I was like, am I going to have to wrap this thing up by myself? Or yeah, I I'm sorry. It's my first time hosting a podcast. I just pieced out. I just hung up. I forgot that you guys do wrap ups on this thing. I just went downstairs to go eat some cake. Uh, I'm sorry. Just straight up yeah. ghosted me. I ghosted you. Second time using that terrible joke tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that was a super cool episode. One of the reasons I wanted to bring you on uh, for this episode uh, is because she had that similar experience of being visited by a relative. So I thought it'd be kind of cool for you to be able to hear that and for her uh, after listening to your episode, you know, to kind of have that that shared experience um so that was yeah pretty neat. i feel sort of privileged to have hosted this episode because that's one of the coolest and heartbreaking stories i've ever heard and all i keep thinking of now is is the private investigator that they hired to to find the relatives you know like sorry you know you're we're good we found him you know our, our daughter is a is a psychic medium yeah like that's that's, that's something it's um Psychics and mediums are probably the most fascinating part of 
the paranormal universe to me um, because I do think there are like tricksters out there and I do think there are people that legitimately whether or not they have powers they certainly think they have powers and they've done and told people things they can't be explained otherwise and that's yeah. just really I just think that's so cool and interesting it's like a real life x-men like how often you get to be that you know I think it's real I believe and I also believe that there are some people who have the gift and they're still scam artists. They're a little bit of both. Mm. So they maybe suppress their gift, their skills, and they use it to just con people out of their money. Interesting. Um, Be very what a, what a Slytherin of them. That's a very Slytherin quality. Yeah. Slytherin deviant. See the future and use it <laughs> just to make money. Those um, dirty Slytherins. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm looking into getting a Slytherin, ta- a Slytherin tattoo post-pandemic as part of my post-pandemic are celebration. You, are, are you going to get the dark mark on your no. left, left cheek? No, um, but I did find like a minimalistic uh, Slytherin snake tattoo that I like a lot uh, that I, I think I might get. So we'll that's see. great. Yeah, yeah, I want my third tattoo, but yeah, I don't think it's time yet to to do that. Well, this will be my first one, too. So I'm excited. Oh, that's exciting, man. Yeah. To the world. Yeah. So we'll get that in. So I know you're a believer. Uh, I still am a little skeptical. I will say that episode felt very real to me. Um, she felt very sincere in all of her stories. I didn't feel like anything was bloated or added for effect. And so that one definitely moved the needle a little bit for me. I don't know. You know, it's, it's just so cool to have people reach out because they want to tell their story and they want people to hear it. And then you hear it and it really pays off. I mean, that, like you said, her telling about the three family members passing and her having these interactions with all three. And then her identifying where her deceased um, uncle was and then the the date of her grandfather passing. I mean, those are pretty big milestone moments in someone's life. And she had three of them almost just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And my view on that is the reason why I'm such a believer. And, you know, when I talk to my skeptic friends, they ask me, why is it so easy for you to believe? And it's easy because to me, it's easier to believe all of these stories that we're hearing over thinking they're all scam artists lying, coming up with very elaborate detail oriented lies. And Jenna, for example, why would she lie about the death of her family members? Such intimate details. Yeah. To me, it's easier to believe that all of this is real than one giant scam. It's, it's bullshit. Yeah. Go surreal. Just believe. I feel like that's your catchphrase. <laughs> whatever, whatever I talk to you on this podcast is ghost or real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so, there's some skeptics put so much work into creating logical explanations for things that can't be explained. And to <laughs> me, that's just ignorant and, and sort of in denial. It's easier for me to believe. Well, Andy, I certainly appreciate you coming on. I would like for you to plug yourself again, uh, not stick a plug in yourself. I would like for you to plug what you have going on because I know you recently <laughs> put out a kick-ass short that I think everybody should see. Yeah, you can find all of my short films on uh, my website. It's really easy. It's my name, andres-rovira.com. There you can find all my short films. My latest, which just premiered at New Filmmakers LA, is called Herefugio. It's a true story about my friend uh, dealing with immigration and customs enforcement when trying to get his deported wife 
back into this country. So it's a true story. It's 10 minutes. It's available on my website, Refugio. That's what I just finished working on. But right now I'm working on my second feature film to direct. Um, it's a story about my family, you know, a very divided Cuban family on Christmas Eve, on Noche Buena, and the hilarious, uh, uncomfortable conversations that ensue, uh, filled with a lot of holiday cheer. So it's a nice balance of comedy, holiday laughs, uh, but some very uncomfortable and very real conversations at the dinner table. And so, yeah. Andy, is that short still available on your website or did you pull it down since you're making a feature? It's still available, right. So the feature is based on a short film that was the proof of concept for the feature. That's available on my website. It's available on YouTube. Just type in Noche Buena on YouTube and it'll be the first one to come up. I highly yeah. recommend um, that short. So if, if you guys have, uh, you know, 15 minutes in your life, well, what else are you going to do? You're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to look at Facebook. Just, <laughs> watch, just watch the, the short. This is, yeah, watch it in the bathroom. You know, multitask. That's where uh, I watch all my content. If, if you got a bidet, you can do it hands-free, you know? It's, it's <laughs> pandemic times. Get your, get your stuff together. Uh, but no, uh, on right. a serious note, uh, check out Andy's work. It's awesome. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, Andy and I have a project that we'll be working on whenever the pandemic chills out and it's safe to film again in Georgia. But yeah, super talented guy, and we're lucky to have him as a friend of the show. So yeah, Andy, thanks so much for coming on. And till next time, I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm Andy. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.